for 12 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Good morning, y'all. Wrapping up the Outdoor Living Hour last hour. We're here to talk about your favorite subject, you and your home. It's what we do every Saturday morning and have been doing for over 30 years. Give us a ring at one 767 4348 The auto attendant will answer and you just push the number one. And that will fast track you right into the broadcast booth here where my wife, sweet Jennifer, will pick you up and we'll get your question and your name and air you and get you solved and a solution as quick as possible. I breaking, do have breaking news. Breaking news. Bre- oh. You no longer have to press the little annoying one. Oh, we don't. You call, I pick up. Well, my little IT babe. Well, you what? figured all that out. No, <laughs> Miss Jen G did. Oh. I'm not taking credit, I'm just telling you. So we bypass, you do not have to bypass the auto attendant. One triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight puts you in touch with Jennifer, and that puts you on air with us to answer your question about your house, home, castle, or cabin. And boy, this is the time of year that people are certainly focused on their home. This time of year when it's perfect to be getting out there and trying to tackle some project. The weather is absolutely perfect for getting out and getting things done. And some of you even have a little extra cabbage in your pocket with the uh, with the little fun that got distributed. So maybe you've got a little, maybe you've decided to spend that on uh, a little home improvement project. Well, if you have, or if you're contemplating that or thinking about that, give us a ring and let's talk through what it is you'd like to get done. And we'll give you some tips and some tricks of the trade on what materials to use, what tools to use, and a couple techniques or two that might make the job go just a little bit easier and even possibly look a little bit more professional when you're done. And you'll have people coming by and saying, wow, who did you hire to do this? And you can just stand up, pop your chest out, and say, I did that myself with help from the team at Rosie on the House. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to four one one nine two three, or you can email us at info at rosieonthehouse If you need to send a picture, uh, send it through the email. And you had mentioned, um, you know, the a stimulus. Yes. One of the the reports of in the industry said that fifty eight percent of homeowners planned to use that on home improvement something on their home very good very good well if that's you give us a ring and let us help you maximize that investment uh, by uh, using your own labor if possible or hiring the right person to tackle that little job one of the things we wanted to talk about this particular hour uh, if you've subscribed to our newsletter you know we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, right. We're, we're, we're actually going to stay in the outdoor living as, uh, arena here for, for a little while. One of the issues we've seen uh, over all the years, 
but seems to be creeping into our conversation more often now is the right plant in the wrong place. Or uh, John Eisenhower used a term the last time he was in studio. He says that plant has outlived its landscaping function, outlived its landscaping intent. And I think it has to do, Romy, with the age of the housing stock in Tucson and Phoenix now. Trees that were planted 20, 30, 40 years ago uh, that have been nice little shade functions for the family in the yard have now started penetrating old aged foundations or septic or sewer uh, lines. And we're just seeing this more and more and more often about things that have outlived their landscaping purpose. And, you know, if your yard hasn't been re-engineered with plants and irrigation and hardscape in the last 20 or 30 years, it might just be the right time to reassess. And if you're in that mode of reassessing, we just wanted to bring some things up this hour you might want to think about. Distance, you know, your trees, plants, uh, there are exceptions, you know, like a palm tree, their root zones aren't uh, all that invasive, but your more traditional trees like your mesquites or anything, uh, Palo Verdes, oaks, as tall as that tree is expected to get, uh, that's as far away from the home as you want to plant it. You know, that, that root zone will go to the extent of that, uh, the, the branches. And we see all too often, uh, not only does that plant it too close eventually start to heave the foundation as the roots grow, but the branches as they overhang the roof and can cause some roof damage, gutter damage, uh, things of that nature. Now, we advocate for shading the home, and we advocate for canopies. What Um, was that study you were sharing in the office just last week, the temperature of shaded soil? It was like a 40-degree variance, It it could be as much as a 40-degree variance, and people want to know what they can do passively to cut their summer cooling bills. Well, shading that south and that west is really strategically important, but on your point, make sure you think 20 years in advance. <laughs> you know, and at the point that you are, you know, if you're in that situation where you're in that home, you cutting down a, an old mature tree is a very hard thing to do. <laughs> you know, nobody wants to, to, to do that unless they're just so overly frustrated with it. But you know, that's, that's the hard thing is, you know, you get to that and to correct the problem, you have to then cut this tree and you've got this huge void in your, in, on your property that, that nobody enjoys. Well, it's one of the things we'd like to ask you to think about today, you know, is are you thinking about too much plant for too little space? There, there's a great, great resource at the Arizona Municipal Water Users Association. AMWA. And it talks about, do you have enough space for this plant you're thinking about planting now? You've heard John J. Harper say on the show, for years, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, 
or today. But be thinking 20 years in advance. And this particular resource guide will tell you what to expect in that plant's growth, both in width and in height. I had the opportunity to meet a homeowner this week who is contemplating a little remodel, and they live in one of the subdivisions in the Phoenix area that are up on the side of a hill overlooking the valley. And I thought, one, I thought, this is like about the quietest neighborhood I've ever driven through. This is really nice. But it also startled me as to how visible everything was. And as we were leaving, I mentioned that to the homeowner, and he says, well, our homeowners association forbids any tree in this subdivision to be taller than your house. And, at that, uh, and, and I drove around the subdivision, and I thought, that's it. There's nothing in this subdivision that's blocking the next guy's view out to capture Piestawa Peak and North Mountain and the valley below it. I thought, well, that's... And there were lots of vegetation, and it looked good. But HOA determined no trees above roofline. So they just top it all, or they the tree variety was just it would, it varied, kind of dwarfed? It varied. You, the trees are your responsibility. You just have to abide by the rules. They weren't common area trees. So there were a few homeowners that just top them. <laughs> But then there were others that had had them properly pruned and really looked really, really good. I wonder how often save a tree is out there maintaining those and making sure that they're nice and beautiful and within HOA and restrictions. Well, I tell you what, I mean, uh, uh, in in the couple neighborhoods we live in right now, we've had two monster homes go up immediately adjacent to our properties. And it's it's kind of, I don't like change anyway, but... (laughs) But when someone puts a second-story bedroom balcony in your backyard, in my backyard, boy, <laughs> I'm looking for the right plant right there. I'm looking, I'm looking for the right plant. I'm not sure what it's going to be. It might just be a big old steel building that goes up in my backyard. And the balcony is facing right down into your it backyard. Is. It, yeah. is. it is. I don't get it. We've it been is. by ourselves, you know, in that little island of a piece of property for 32 years, yeah. and. Uh, so I guess we're just spoiled, Rosie. Well, we are that. We are that. We have been very blessed and we are very spoiled. But I think before I would do that to a neighbor, uh, I would go over and visit with them and, and at least kind of give them a heads up. So the right plant, that's, that's one situation I've got to deal with. I've shared with you a situation a homeowner has to deal with. What are you currently dealing with in the way of what are you considering in the way of planting? And I couldn't encourage you enough to think strategically about shade as well as water usage. I mean, just look at the tub ring at Lake Powell. I mean, it's devastating. We've got to be really careful about what we're planting. And we'll continue that conversation here shortly along with what you can do uh, up close to your home in the proper way to uh, what, what needs to be done to the foundation before you introduce any kind of moisture around it. I've been in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. I'd have said the right thing, but it must have used the wrong line. I've been on the right trail, but it must have used the wrong call. It is in a bad place, and I wonder what's 
your ideal landscape around the home, like right up to the edge of the stem wall? Uh, I, if, if I could be king for a day, I would tell you you can't plant anything within three feet of your home. You would have a rock garden. What about planters? Like nope, nope, no water, nothing that needs to be watered within three feet of your foundation. You had a caller on. I'm sorry. Obviously, on a bare foundation, and builders don't do this. It's not part of code. But if you were going to plant something a little closer than that, or if you were building uh, your home and you had planned for this, you're making sure you've got uh, good coating on there, and even uh, like there's. Weed uh, root barriers that they plant to keep root, you know, putting something like that, um, you know, 12 inches off the foundation and then transition into Mm. your planters. But, you know, no home was built that way. So if you're going to retrofit it, it take a lot of work. You I've heard um, John Eisenhower mention the tree barrier. What is that a material? Root barrier. barrier, barrier. It, it, It can literally be a sheet of metal. That drops down, or or a very thick vinyl that lies down, and then once that little bitty root hits that, then it forces it to change direction. Once you've convinced the little starter root to change direction, you've gone a long way of getting it to avoid it. Well, maybe they should put those around the septic system, huh? Well, you know, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of that as as I opened the show with is just aging systems that we have in the in the housing stock that we have in Arizona that uh, sewer lines, the clay pipe or, you know, um, whatever else it may be, the old cast iron at 40 or 50 years, um, a tree that's 20 or 30 years old, that line has an infinitesimally small rust through gap in it. Well, maybe that's an open door for a root. It's going to be looking for that moisture. And once it finds it, it is relentless in pursuing it. So we've had to deal with that a lot. I'll tell you another thing that we're having to deal with more and more in aging stock and and uh, whatnot is these subdivisions that were built through the 70s and 80s and 90s with little to no consideration or insufficient consideration for surface drainage. We're dealing with a house now in the McCormick Ranch area that were they're packed in pretty tight and there is and the city of Scottsdale doesn't want you taking surface water and draining it into the curb well on these properties there's nothing else you can do and they're draining into little private courtyard areas that are completely blocked in on all four sides have no place to drain it and we're trying to come up with a solution with working with the city of Scottsdale on you know, what we're actually seeing foundation damage on these homes. And we're trying to work with city of Scottsdale. Okay, look, I hate to say it, but you guys allowed this to be built. Uh, can you work with us in trying to come up with a solution? Cause this, this isn't good. Uh, houses right in a row now that are seeing significant uh, structural stress from water that's just been accumulating and not able to distribute itself for years and years and years and years. So it's a it's just one more of those interesting things that we get to deal with 
because we're out there visiting with homeowners just like you and seeing in real life what it is you're fighting and what you're trying to solve. And that's why we're here every Saturday. Give us a ring. We've got callers calling in now. There's room for you too with an open line at one 767 So there really is no set distance. We're asking you to plant the tree from your home, but be thinking about the canopy. If you're going to do a museum, Palo Verde, that's a a 30-foot diameter tree. Uh, Make sure you're at least 10 or 15 or more feet away from your home. Prune it, allow it to go up. Mesquite is about the same size. Those should all be 10 or 15 feet away. But there's no absolute rule of thumb you can follow. We were doing a master bathroom remodel. They had a sunken tub. They had not used the sunken tub for eight years. And because it didn't drain. And no plumber, no plumber they ever got out there could open the drain. When we got there, so they finally said, well, let's just remodel the whole bathroom. And I thought that was a great idea. That's one way to solve the problem. Let's just, let's just do the whole bathroom. <laughs> Romy, when we got that, bath, that sunken bathtub torn up and we got into that line, there was a root that had grown from a tree that was about 10 feet away from the outside wall of the house. That root had gotten down underneath the spread footing come back up into the sewer pipe drain at the sunken tub and had literally filled it. We have pictures of it. The, the piece of pipe we cut out, there were, it was a foot long. There wasn't one spot of light that you could see. That root had filled the entire pipe. And that root had traveled 15 feet, gone three feet down, and then come back up. So I wish I could say, do this, and you'll never have that problem. It's a little bit more complicated than that. We've got Steve in Scottsdale. Wants to talk about a situation he's got at his home. And Steve, we'll get to you right after this bottom of the hour news. Hang on. Welcome back to Rosie on the House, your Saturday morning tradition since 1988. We've got Steve, who's got a big project he's working on at his home. Let's see how we can help him dive through it. Welcome, Steve. Hey, good morning, fellas. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I have a situation where I'm going to build a uh, an addition on my house. And part of that addition is going to be a kitchen, so I'm going to tap into the sewer system. As we're investigating this, it looks like the sewer system that I'm going to tap into, there is a crack where the ABS, a part of the sewer that, that goes back underneath the house, there's a crack at that junction that needs to be repaired. So I'm asking myself, would it be a good idea and how do you go about replacing any part of the old cast iron system that's underneath the house? Do you do it from the outside or do you do it down from the inside? And we're we're talking about an older home, it sounds like, with cast iron. 
Yeah, we're talking about an old home in Old Town Scottsdale, about 60, 65 years old. Gosh, what a great place to live. Uh, Steve, there are lining services that can come in and water jet the old system. They run a camera through it, take a look at the existing conditions, and use their experience determining, is this a good candidate for water jetting, water blasting, cleaning it out, and relining it. And that can be done from all above ground. Um, but it's tricky. But I will tell you this, and and you would think or you would hope that it would be less expensive than saw cutting everything and digging it all out and relaying through the house. Uh, it's not much less expensive than just replacing the sewer line. But if your system hasn't gotten to the point that it's so far gone, it's an excellent solution for everything under the house. And then once we're going to do an addition and we can excavate the line at the footing where we know there's a crack, well, we can handle that. We can break the pipe. Of, uh, it's, it can be tricky depending on the condition of that cast iron. Once you put your cast iron breaker on there, you don't want to collapse it farther and farther and farther back. But a good experienced plumber ought to be able to excavate that and look at it. And then, of course, anything you attach to that, you're going to want it to be in ABS for all of all of the new work. So, but what relining? I've not heard of that before. Yeah, it's it uh, came out really about. Uh, I became aware of it about ten or fifteen years ago. Uh, they clean the existing system out. They put a think of it as an epoxy balloon that they stretch down the center of the line. Then they fill it full of air. So the balloon explodes out and expands to the size of the pipe. And then it cures hard. So now it's taking the pipe shape uh, and relining it with a very smooth surface uh, like PVC. Uh, and it buys you another 40 years on all of those uh old sewer systems. Uh, my home is 60 years old. Uh, we've had it done in a section of our house that we didn't want to tear up. Uh, be careful who you use. Uh, there's several services out there that do it. Uh, but that's one option. But as far as the addition, don't worry about that. Get a good, experienced remodeling plumber to excavate that pipe and he'll do an assessment as to whether he can break that cast iron, cut that cast iron, saw cut that cast iron, put a no-hub connector on it, and extend it out through the rest of the kitchen with ABS pipe, and you'll be in good shape. And you live at the end of the rainbow, buddy. Old Town Scottsdale, 60-year-old homes. Most of them are masonry. Solid, solid as a bomb shelter. Good bones. Excellent investment. One of the best places in all the world to live. I hope that helps, Steve. Now, let's go to Travis, who's apparently a new relocate to Scottsdale. Let's see how we can help Travis. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, very well. Uh, I'm from Northern California. I just recently uh, moved down here to Scottsdale. Okay, welcome. I'm shocked. <laughs> well, thank you very much. 
Uh, we bought a downsize home, if you will. It's much smaller than the one we lived in. Yeah. And I'm trying to get familiar with it. So I went up into the attic uh, and on top of the sheetrock between the ceiling joist in uh, the attic area, there's no insulation. Looking okay. up, there is insulation under the roof itself. Okay. But what concerns me as much, there's a metal duct that goes from the air handler out to each of the uh, uh, outlets into the room yeah. where in the summer we're going to yeah. be hopefully getting some air conditioning, and in the winter it's warm. But that uh, big metal duct going through the attic isn't insulated either. It's just this big uh, metal thing yeah. that I think in the summer is going to heat up and and cool down or heat up the cold air coming from the air conditioning into okay. the room. So I well, want to know what your thoughts right. are on that. Well, Travis, um, uh, what the home you have is in a very old home. It can't be over about 15 years old, right? It's 30 years old. 30. Well, then they were the very pioneers or it's been retrofitted. The insulation they've used in your attic is called cathedral insulation, where technically, if we insulate the bottom of the roof our attic, and completely seal the attic, then our attic never gets so hot as you have to worry about cold air going through a hot duct. As a welcome gift to you, uh, moving into Scottsdale, Travis, we... I've lived in Scottsdale since 1965. Um, I'd like to welcome you to Scottsdale. I'd like to have a whole house energy audit done on your home. And we're going to do that on my dime. We're going to have one of the Rosie certified home energy audit experts out to your house. And that'll give you an opportunity to get Arizona educated about what you can or can't expect. And it's going to be absolutely free of cost to you. Does that sound like something you'd be interested in doing? It's going to take about a half a day. Free always sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> we've got your information. We'll be in touch with you on Monday to get that scheduled either with Green ID or with Rias. And it will be a great introductory lesson for you about Arizona home ownership because it's going to be much different, Travis, than living in Northern California, that's for sure. My wife and I just finished a six-state road trip. We came home from Sacramento, and I can't tell you the number of loaded U-Hauls that were heading this way. <laughs> it, it was kind of heartbreaking in some respects, but they're coming, and uh, it's, we got to deal with it. Yeah, that is an interesting thing to look at the price of U-Hauls. You know, it's if you want one to go from Arizona to California, it's very cheap. You want one from California to go east, it's very expensive yeah. because the the there's a lot readily available. I I bet somebody could make money just driving U-Hauls back to California. I believe they're doing that. <laughs> I believe they're doing that. Let's see if we can welcome Nick into the conversation as we're taking care of these calls. We're here to talk about your house. Give us a ring, one 767 4348 Nick. Uh, good morning, Rosie. 
I have an AC question. Um, a brand a brand new house. It was built in 2019, and I just thought that uh, during the summer, when the air conditioner shuts off from super cooling, that the house heats up really quick. Now the ducts coming out and to the south facing rooms are about 10 feet from the walls. Would it be better if those ducts were closer to the walls to cool the walls more? A house built in 2019 shouldn't be that critical a situation. It should be well enough built and well enough insulated that it shouldn't matter. When you say you've practiced supercooling, but the house heats up a lot. Can you give me give me some metrics on that? Tell, tell me how quick it heats up to what? Okay, it's a 1,760-square-foot house, uh, north-south facing. Um, all the windows on the sides, east and west, are small windows. So I'll super, super cool it down to, you know, I'll set it at 65. And uh, when it shuts off, it might be down to, like, at the coolest I think I've ever gotten it is, like, 67. Within 45 minutes, it'll be up 5 or 6 degrees. Oh, mercy. We, we've, we've, got us, we've got us a problem. Uh, there's some loss of integrity in your thermal envelope somewhere. And, Nick, I'm going to tell you, uh, I just gave away my one free home energy audit I'm allowed to give per hour. But, Nick, I can't encourage you more to get a hold of Rias or Green ID at the Rosie on the House website. And 4Energy. And, and 4Energy, absolutely. We've got three great energy audit companies. It'll cost you $99, Nick. Have them come out and thermal image your home. We've got a loss of integrity in your thermal envelope somewhere. And the thermal imaging gun will tell us that as well as they'll do a blower door test, uh, look for uh, leak leakage in your duct system. You're, when you've super cooled to 65, even if it's 115 degrees outside, your house ought to hold that for several hours. And if you're going up five to seven degrees in 45 minutes, we have another problem. So get to rosieonthehouse.com. Take a look at the home energy audit inspectors at servicing Maricopa County area. Get that home energy audit done. And once it's done, if you want to give me a call back, I'll, I'll come out to the house and I'll cover it with you line by line to make sure. And, and, and our guys will do this already as a part of the service. But once you finish all that, if you have any other questions, call me. We, we, your problem can be fixed. one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE-4-U. Yes, from the other booth. Hey, so you were talking to Mr. Travis about the insulation in his Scottsdale home. Yes. And we had a, another gentleman came called in and said, please, please schedule a follow-up where you can tell everybody on air about, you know. I feel that way a lot of times about the news. You hear about these stories and you don't hear the end. 
So he's wanting to know the end of the story. He said, there's a lot of us in the same situation who, who would be curious about what the answer is to this man's dilemma. So, okay. So we will cover that. I'm anxious to see it because retrofitting traditional, conventional insulation to cathedral is very expensive. And you usually only do it if you're hell-bent on proving something to somebody. Uh, the, the ones I've seen done were done right. But they're so expensive to do right, I can hardly ever recommend doing it. But once done, you're actually in pretty good shape. So I'm anxious to see it. And, and I'll have you hold me accountable to doing a follow-up. Oh, that's a fun position. <laughs> I, I, just, I just want to go on record as saying I do not hold Rosie accountable. It's impossible. <laughs> Romy, why don't you bring in the next caller? Katie and Phoenix, welcome to the program. How may we help you? Okay, I have a question. I have a palm tree. It was not planted on purpose. It just grew up, and I should have had it removed. But now it's between two houses, my house and my neighbor's house, probably about five feet from my end, maybe six feet from the other end. So will that, the roots damage either one? You don't have a current problem, correct? I have what? You, there's no existing problem to either of the homes, correct? No, but I'm just wondering if it's going to displace the... Um, cement wall and you didn't plant it so it's not like you have any irrigation running to it correct no yeah you know you probably don't need to worry uh too much in that case the root zone the root ball of a palm tree is not uh like your traditional branched trees as the you know if you picture a a big oak tree you know picture perfect and it's 50 feet wide from edge to edge you know there's a root zone that's equivalent of that well a palm tree you know they it's don't a, have branches it's a miracle they even stand up <laughs> those the those root balls so small fronds you know <laughs> even even if you didn't trim the palm tree the the top of the fronds is as shaggy and as big as they can get those roots don't go out past that it, it's a very tight uh, root ball now there's thousands of little roots um and it's and it's a, a deeper root ball but yes it is quite amazing when you God. pull one out and you're like how how do these things even stand up as is but they've got very little uh branch canopy to uh to catch in the wind and it just rolls right around their trunk so if you don't have problems now and you like that palm tree where it is, and you're not running irrigation to it. I would just leave it because um, you're, you're lucky it's a palm tree and not <laughs> and not a a, a volunteer mesquite yeah. or palo verde or you know, God forbid a mulberry. You know, so you're probably okay, Miss Katie. So if uh, and then you know to to remove a palm tree can be an expensive project too. There's uh, you know there's only certain places that will take palm tree debris and, and even the palm fronds uh the landfill there's uh i know a couple <laughs> landfills won't even accept them so landscapers have to go to designated landfills to get rid of those fronds i did not know that yeah well katie that was the exact topic that we've been on this hour the right plant in the wrong place so we haven't we've covered sewer lines and we've covered foundations but boy 
And as much as I'm not a Swimming fan pools. of palm trees, that is a decent one to have um, around around your swim pools because you don't have that root zone pushing up against the plaster of your pool. And if you trim on time and keep the dates from yeah. developing, it can be about as clean as any. Now, if you don't have it, uh, the, the dates and the fronds clipped out, it the amount of date seeds that a palm tree will drop is incredible. And it gets in your pool and it gets in your filters and it gets, it's a project. So as long as you can either, I don't know many people that do their own palm trees themselves. (laughs) As long as you can, as long as you can pay to have somebody come out twice a year and trim to keep ahead of those seeds from sprouting, it's about as clean and safe a tree to put near a pool. I would say, you know, probably, where the deck ends, you wouldn't want to be any closer than five feet. Uh, but that's a lot closer yeah. than you can do a lot of other ones. Well, uh, the only cypress. Minis- oh, go ahead. Is a, uh, Italian cypress is another one that has a shallow root and grows very vertical. I, if you can stand the look of them, I just can't stand the I was going to say, <laughs> the only minuscule problem you might have with a three- or four-story palm tree makes great lightning rod. It does. It can be. It can <laughs> yeah. do that. It's very minuscule, but we've had issues during well, monsoon stores. Jennifer and I are celebrating our forty-fourth anniversary this week, and the Romy, the closest we've <laughs> ever been to divorce was when I got my new chainsaw, and she came home, and all those orange trees alongside the pool were laying down on the ground. They, you remember yeah. growing up at the house? Those were y'all swimming shade. Well, and there was times of the year where it was so hot, the only place in the pool that was comfortable <laughs> was up against the edge I was where done. you were getting a little shade. I, I was done skimming. I was done skimming. <laughs> the trees had to go. Excuse me? When did you ever skim the swim pool? Uh, back then in those days. No. <laughs> I was, I was so either. sick of watching Jim, Jennifer, skim citrus leaves out of the pool i decided to do her a favor and cut those trees down i appreciate you. that's an interesting perspective there was there it was, was all for you mom it was all there for was you. there was fire coming out of her eyes when she walked that backyard and i just i just i, I just kept story. the chainsaw running really loud <laughs> i always wondered why they were cut down uh i i knew for the <laughs> the, the mess by the pool you didn't want. But oh. I never knew that there was uh, uh, an opposition to that decision. <laughs> when we get back, we'll be talking more about your house and your home right here at my house, Rosie on the House. Y'all stay tuned. <laughs> 